those are the types of referrals that you want to have in because they 100%. know who you are yeah. as opposed to yeah there's this lawyer i know here you go because that's when you get that's when you as the the owner doesn't don't get the clients that you want picture a world where costs are down profits are up and customers are clamoring at your door you're listening to let's get up to business from jordan law our interviews with business owners service providers and area experts can teach you how to create a world of success and profitability if you're looking for an attorney to assist in your business formation employment agreements or other legal business needs contact jordan law at 407-906-5529 you can also reach us on the web at jordanlawfl.com jordan law we protect you and your business Hello and welcome to Let's Get Up to Business from Jordan Law. Joining me today is Diana Griffith, the owner of Orlando Lady Boss. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's weird to be on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> oh, because you have a podcast. I have a podcast, so normally hey. I'm the one asking questions. <laughs> so pitch your podcast. If people love what you have to say, and they can go, uh, you know, we're always looking for more content. Yeah, so uh, my podcast is all about the women in Orlando, the ladies in Orlando who are impacting, inspiring, and growing the Orlando community. So it is women from business, nonprofit, creative, um, on, uh, creatives in in our area, all talking about the ways that they contribute to Orlando, the communities that they have, and um, how they're just kind of creating a better Orlando for us all. All right. So mm-hmm. if we've got that business owner or nonprofit or whatever mm-hmm. who, who wants help developing their message, yeah. they want to reach out to you, what's the best contact info for you? Okay. You can find me um, at OrlandoLadyBoss.com. I'm at OrlandoLadyBoss on all of the social media, on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, and you can email me, Diana at OrlandoLadyBoss.com. And the podcast you can find anywhere you download podcasts. So Apple, iTunes, Spotify, you can find it. And it's right there on the website, too, if you want to listen to it. All right. Mm -hmm. So tell me, I'm going to... I'm gonna put on my Orlando I guess, guy boss hat. <laughs> yeah, so, go ahead. So tell me about the story of Orlando Lady Boss. How did it come to be? So I Orlando Lady Boss has been around for about three years now, and I was um, I always wanted to like be in business for myself, and I I've been a blogger for like the last ten years, um, doing different blogs, um, trying to figure out what my voice is. Actually, for a long time, I had a ton of handle. Everything was under Define Diana because I was like, I don't know who I am. So let's just like develop my like literally my voice of like what I am about or whatever. So you were your first client. I was my first client. Right. <laughs> like trying to figure out like what is my voice, and it was just like literally writing through it. Um, and I had a blog that ended up crashing very badly because it got hacked twice so like security 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 back up your blog because if if, even if you're not even making money from it right now and it's something you want to do like i lost all of my content and we were moving at the time and it was just like too much money for i wasn't making anything off of it is this some like terrible misogynist who wanted to take down 
No, I was told that like oh this was before like Lady Boss. This oh, was like okay. a completely different thing. Um, I think it, that like I was told like the Chinese company like these Chinese hackers they go for like little websites. They do they specifically go for little ones, and once they hack you once, they can like get in easily again. And just to just to try it out. Just, no. So I mean, what they what? do is they they put their spam on your site. So then p- uh, they use your traffic to go to whatever thing that they want you to go to. So yeah. And I spent like a few hundred dollars trying to clean it up, and it yeah. didn't clean it up all the way, and then it got hacked again. And I was like. I'm going to just have to move on from this project (laughs) at the time. So I spent, and then during that time, I went through like a lot of um, life transitions. We bought and sold a house and moved um, to the other, we moved into Orlando from Kissimmee and um, was thinking about a new idea, but knew I wanted to, one, actually start some type of business. I'd always had like been an entrepreneur, but I was like, okay, now I'm, at that place now where I'm ready to like jump, but I don't know what my product is. <laughs> um, and then, um, and I was thinking through, I also wanted to talk to women who I admired to find, to try to ask questions about what maybe I would like to do, right? Like, uh, oh, I really admire you. You're a marketer that I really like, or you're this, and I'm a writer. So I was thinking copywriting is what I I was going to start doing. So I was like, what's the best way to do it? Well, let me interview women who I admire and, like, get advice from them. And if I'm going to do it, might as well just, like, listen to, like, record it and make content out of it because that's where my mind works as a blogger. And I love podcasts, and I've always been, like, an admire I listen to tons of podcasts, so I just love listening to them. So I knew I wanted to contribute to the genre. Um, and yeah, and then the idea of Orlando Lady Boss popped into my head. Um, at actually Florida BlogCon, if you're familiar with that conference. Yeah, like, that uh, just happened. It's, it's coming up. It's coming up like in a few weeks. I was literally sitting in like the beginning of the conference and all of a sudden Orlando Lady Boss came into my head and I went and bought the domain there. And, there you go. <laughs> and, um, and I am very much a perfectionist and I think through like too much over things. And that was like the first time ever where I bought something and then we went to some networking thing afterwards. And I was like, I have a platform called this that I just started like there you go. five minutes ago. And ever since then it's just kind of taken off from there and it was you know um as it was the first time where it felt like the stuff had hit every time i'm you know i'm you found that blue flame. yeah you, you found fa- exactly right yeah. like i found the right niche that was like working for me and so it's just been like this fun journey ever since <laughs> and so now that it's now that it's up there it's been running you know, uh-huh. kind of walk me through what y'all do so basically what I do, it's uh, it's just me. So I'm here to help the solopreneur. Then okay. the person who is in stages zero to three of their business, maybe you have um, a person or two that you outsource some work to or something like that, but you're the main person. And you're looking to develop your brand voice. You are looking to become a thought leader in your industry. You want to talk about the things that um, are of value to you because you know that that's going to bring in your right customers. But you can't really afford to outsource it to someone else right now so I'm going to help you um, kind of do some of the stuff that I did like think about where your platforms are who are your customers 
um, who you want to talk to, how you're most comfortable communicating, because I hate advice for people like, oh, you need to be on all these things when you're completely uncomfortable in doing it. There's right. so many different ways for you to get your message out there. And when you see, like I'm sitting in your office right now, if I pull back the curtain a little bit, there's three people in here with us right now, or maybe two, one of them might have left, but all helping you like produce this podcast, you know? Um, and so it, it allows you to be in more places as you grow. But like when you start off on your own, when you see someone that's, you know, on five different social media channels and you're like, I can barely get my Instagram post every day, it feels overwhelming. But building a business, you have to put those pieces in one at a time while you're also still trying to um, be everything else. You're the marketer, but you're also the strategist. You have to think big picture about like how the business is going to grow. You have to be the accountant. You have to be all of these things at the very beginning. And Sometimes it's hard to sort through how that all looks and how that looks with your marketing, like as you're growing the voice. So from your standpoint, I mean, what's that What's that most important first step? Is that coming up with the message? Is that coming up with the product? Is that coming up with the ideal client? Like where, where are you having these people start out if they're at year zero? Um, so usually when people are in year zero, they, they're coming to me with like some sparks of ideas. I feel like they're coming to me with a little bit of all of that, like, okay. but they don't know how it all fits together. So they're, they might go, I kind of like, right. I kind of like running, right? Like I have a client that I just, that just started. She, she is, um, uh, she wants to be a running coach. And so she has a platform where she wants to talk. She wants to start a podcast too. She already has a product idea, but she doesn't know how to like put all those pieces together. And then also there's all of the, behind the scene things that you don't see that get done that happen between when you and I talk and when all of the stuff gets pushed out and yes yeah, I have no idea about that Mark does it yeah <laughs> exactly when you get to your place right you could just go hey I want to do this and then like people are there to do it help you do it right but I don't know how our printers work <laughs> I, don't know. I know how to pay the rent I know how to pay payroll uh-huh. but when you're at the beginning it you have to you have to um you have to figure out all of those things. And sometimes, and when you go online and you see there's a million different things, ways that people can do it. They tell you to be in a million different places. I heard Tom Jelnick earlier. I was listening to the podcast with Tom of, of yours earlier, and he was giving so much great advice. I was like, oh my gosh, I love everything that's Tom is giving. But it can feel overwhelming when you're in that beginning stage going right. like, how do I get to all of these places at once? Because I see my favorite influencer or, or one of my competitors in this field, and they are you know, they are everywhere. Well, they're everywhere because they have people that are working with them already, but they've already, they already have the vision. They're already doing that. When you're doing everything, you have to kind of sort through what is the important stuff. So I kind of help them cut through some of that and go, okay, what should we work on now? Well, right now you might need to be in strategy mode. Right now you might need to be in content creation mode. Um, So it's just kind of the client comes to me and I kind of meet them where they are. <laughs> it's how, it, it, it's how um, it really depends on their project. I, I, I work a lot with very creative people and creative people don't want to follow. Here's a set rule book for, you know, they're like, I need something that's tailored for me. So they need someone that can like really listen to, to them about where their, where their problems are. Um, but saying that I will say, if you are wanting to be in that digital space, which is what my clients come to me a lot of times for, they want to be in the digital space. They want to be talking about the things that are important to them. It's just putting yourself out there, practicing the stuff that you want to say, 
just someone comes to me and, and says, I want to start a podcast, start recording yourself, <laughs> you know, start just putting stuff out there as seeing, seeing uh, like throwing pasta to the wall and see what sticks, see yeah. what people are resonating with, because it will give you an idea about where to go next, what people are responding to, even in like, where are you the most familiar with um, when you use your social media? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Reddit? Go there and talk to the people. The, that's probably your first audience who is already communicating with you in that space. So tapping into what you already have going on. Yeah, tapping into the spaces you already have going on to give you clues about where to go next. So before we keep going on this, mm-hmm. I just I got to jump in. Yeah. So you're, um, the person who came to you with a running uh-huh. idea, <laughs> please, 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 let them do their podcast while running. Because <laughs> I, I did wa- not give her that suggestion. I want to go on it and like two and a half minutes and just be like, oh my God, I'm dying. I just... <laughs> Uh, you know it's really would be, it'd be like the the uh, the hot wing challenge but for running during this podcast there's there's a i don't want to give away her whole company name but there's wine in the line it uh, in the title and i said like let's do a wine and wine something segment it'd be really funny if people were whining while they were running like yeah I mean, that's, that's I what that. i do and then they could be rewarded with a glass of wine at the end. There we go. <laughs> I love that. So, um, yeah, I will have to pass that suggestion along. So, and sometimes people just need like someone to bounce ideas off of because they're right. working in their own little space. They don't have that team yet. They need someone else to just go, is this a good idea or this what I should do? You know, I'm, I'm like your, your business BFF in the back pocket to call up and go, hey, I have all these problems and how do I sort through them? Well, it sounds like a lot of it is almost, you know, accountability and the time management and totally. like think tanking. Totally. It's totally a lot of that. Um, it's definitely accountability because I can, because I, I have done it myself and I've, I've helped so many other people. I can go, these are the best practices that you can do based on what you want to do. Because sometimes it's hard to Google, like, I kind of want to do this very abstract thing. I don't know how to Google it, right? And find the information I need or sort through hours of marketing stuff. And you can really get into the nuance of the the strategy of Facebook ads and how long should a title be and all of these different things that are in marketing world that can be completely overwhelming when you're at the beginning stage of a business and you're doing it all yourself. To me, it's more important to establish content and just push content out as you're building your business. And then you can start find you can tweak all of those metrics later. Because if you aren't even putting anything out and you're holding yourself back because you're so scared to publish something because you don't have the exact right number of um, characters in your title, then you are losing out on content that other people are pushing out every day. Well, it's the uh, the Confucius, you know, the journey yeah. of a thousand miles begins with but a single step. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, I used to have people come to me and, like, um, you know, what can you do to me when I was starting out, right? And I'll tell people, I'll tell either even social media people who are starting out and they're still trying to get their feet wet and they know what to do, but they're still, they're scared to make promises, right? I'm like, well, you tell them that you're going to actually establish a presence on their social media channel, which they are literally not doing. You know, a lot of times they're showing up and they don't have any presence. And so if you don't even have any presence, then what are the analytics going to do for you anyways? Showing up first is the first thing, you know, being there and just listening to your audience. So if you're not on if you're not in those digital spaces, putting stuff out there and then listening back to what they're saying to you, then you're not even 
you haven't started anything. No one knows who you are. And obviously, I mean, you know, the, the thing that I like about what you're talking about is you're not doing the one size fits all. You know, you're finding mm-hmm. what's right for these people. Yeah. But from a, you know, 10,000 foot viewpoint, mm-hmm. kind of walk me through how a business should make the initial decision about Facebook versus Instagram versus LinkedIn versus whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what is it about a company that would lean them towards one so, way? Yeah. So what I would tell people is that you need to really be thinking about your customer. Like, who is that customer? Um, and customer profiles is basically um, really sitting down and going, who is this person? Um, When do they get up for work? When are they on social media? What kind of social media channels are they visiting? Like really sitting down and creating that profile to the point where like you understand who they are as a person. Like you actually could give them a name and say, Jane, she, you know, this, the, um, the, my ideal customer will say, and you could have different customer profiles, but you could just pick one and start, right? Um, Jane, she is a customer, or she she is a full-time employee that works for somewhere else, but she wants to start something on her own. She's in your, she's in the first six months of her business, and she has all of these ideas and doesn't know how to sort through them, and she scrolls on Instagram all day long, um, usually on her lunch break, and then when she gets home from work, trying to figure out what it is that she wants to do, um, but she doesn't know where to start. She's crippled by the starting, um, so that's that's a short form of a customer profile. I just described a person and not, right. this is this person that is between ages of, you know, 14 to whatever, and you know, all the demographics, but actually like create a story about who that customer is. And a lot of times when you're starting your business, you're trying to help someone that is maybe one or two levels below where you were. Like you're trying right. to help your past self out with something. Oh, and a lot of times yeah. when you're in a service-based business too, specifically is like, um, especially the people that come to me anyways, you're trying to help someone that might be a few steps behind. You figured something out, now you're trying to teach it to them or you're trying to like help them get to that next level. So um, yeah, just creating like an actual story about like who this actual ideal customer is for you. So to use Jane from your example, mm-hmm. you know, why is why is Jane on Instagram versus Facebook or Twitter? I mean, where... I guess that really goes back to the demographics. Demographics, because okay. someone else who, like, someone else who maybe does something similar to what I am, but speaks to people who are maybe young men in the same category, that person would be on Reddit. Okay. And they might be in these certain subreddits or whatever. But my customer is a woman who likes to look at the pretty pictures, and she's, you know, really into the Instagram culture and. Um, no, like likes to be on the end on like what's going on those those types of things. So like for me, it's just it's a detail about the type of person I'm going after. And so you know, again, mm-hmm. taking that broad viewpoint from mm-hmm. a demographic standpoint. So we're looking for what young younger men are going to be most likely to be on Reddit. Or I mean, um, I, I mean, Reddit is more male dominated. I okay. I use that as an example, and then Pinterest and Instagram are more female dominated okay. um, platforms. Uh, Facebook, I would, I, I don't think has a, doesn't skew one way or another. I would say women a little bit just right. because. Of yeah, to me, <laughs> Facebook is like vanilla ice cream. Yeah. You know, there are very <laughs> few people like, I hate Facebook yeah. as opposed to like, like me personally, uh-huh. I don't understand LinkedIn. Uh-huh. I should be on it. I'm a professional. Yeah. We do business law, the whole thing. Yeah. I just, I don't even remember my password. Yeah. I hate it. It's a million hits for I'm not on LinkedIn either 
too. I like people will reach out to me and I hate LinkedIn. I'm always like, oh, I should update my profile. But someone who maybe is reaching out to accountants, maybe they're doing service-based stuff that's really geared towards accountants or lawyers, they wouldn't find you. But, you know, like... We're doing business you know, law. I need those yeah. accounts on LinkedIn, but I, just, I, can't, I can't bring myself to do it, you know? But, that, but my point is, is like if your customer is someone that's really heavily business-focused and they really network through... Um, LinkedIn, then that might be a place that you need to be. But for me, I am dealing with people who are looking at art and creativity and and very visual, like they're very visually um, focused in the stuff that they're consuming, which is what Instagram lends to very well. Gotcha. So and, more creative, picturesque type thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and they're and and they're drawn to different aesthetics, and they understand a little bit about the idea of a brand, but they don't really know how to build it. Like those are the kind of it's it's those intangible things that you kind of have to suss out as you're working on your customer profile. And the more that you figure out who those customers are that are coming to you, because when you're in the beginning of the business, you're going to work with a lot of clients that like you just don't really like that you... I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know about. what I'm talking about? I've loved every single one of our clients, <laughs> no matter what. You're, I, I mean, you're going to kiss a lot of frogs at the beginning as you're trying to... And, it, and sometimes it's not because the client's not great, but it's the work that you're doing for them doesn't fit right, and you don't know it until you're in it. And you're just kind of experiment, experimenting, trying to figure out who that person is early on. And... You know, I used to do social media management and I realized about six months in, like, this is awful and I don't want to do social media management for someone else. So I then kind of realigned and said, okay, I'm not doing social media management. And it's just this journey of both um, taking clients in, figuring out what it is that you like and not like about them, and then also tweaking your message as you're doing it. So it's a little bit of like you're doing the work and then you're marketing the work, but you're having to learn what the work is because sometimes you don't always know. So, you know, I think that brings us to the next, you know, the next big part here. Mm-hmm. When you've got that person and, you know, the the earlier you are at the beginning of the business, the mm-hmm. more flexibility you have in finding that message. The later yes. are, the more you have to refine it. Of course. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to help them get that message together before we're talking about getting that message out? I think that it's really about, like, listening into um, who you are and what you value because if you're building – I'm. Every business that's a small business has the personality of the owner in the business. I don't know if that's a positive or negative for us. It depends. I mean, I think it's a positive. I think that you're, the stuff you guys are doing like are, is really cool. Like as I was getting ready today, I'm like, do I have to wear like a stuffy outfit? Cause I'm like, so not that Uh, type of person. And then I was, I was saying, I was listening to one of your podcasts that you're like, oh, we wear shorts and and flip flops. I was like, all right, good. I can like not have to get super dressed up to get in here. But it, but that's, but you know, and talking about Florida man on your on your Facebook uh, feeds, like that's really cool. It speaks to a personality of who that co- company is, and that shines. It gives you an idea about the person that's at the top. So when you are a solopreneur, you are the company. I really try to not um, encourage people to make themselves sound bigger than they are. Um, at the beginning, like it's okay to say that you are a one person company, like shout that out. That's okay. You know, talk about the things that, um, of who you are, be real, be transparent, be authentic. It's about staying true to who you are and like how you want to operate. I see a lot of people on, in 
Instagram, because that's one of the places I'm at, that I love, but I cannot be like them. I cannot be, I cannot build a brand like them. I cannot do it the way that they do it. And I've tried and I hated it and I hated myself for it. (laughs) And so it's just easier for you to be yourself because if you can hone into that, that's one, what's bringing people in. That's what's bringing people in when they meet you in person. And you're trying to connect that in person that you're, they're seeing to your digital presence. And so as you grow your company and as things expand and you tweak and or you get bigger, the essence of who the company is is always going to be the essence of who you are. So you can also pivot to as you grow. Like, uh, for example, I started doing art about a year into my business. And it just, people were just like, can I buy it? And I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> like, I didn't even, I wasn't even trying, you know? And then I, today I was like, what are they going to ask about specifically? Because <laughs> a lot of people will start asking me about my art now because I just shared it on my social media streams. And that was just because it was something that you wanted to do? It's something to be authentically you? It's yeah. It was just like, there's pretty pictures here. Let me share these pictures that of stuff I've been doing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, I, I guess let's talk about our feelings. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I talk about feelings a lot in my company. Good. So <laughs> Wonderful. So, I, I think, I mean, the biggest thing that I come across, because I'll do some business consulting work for newer lawyers, mm-hmm. that it's not necessarily like the imposter syndrome. It's not necessarily the like, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. It's the people are paying me for what they perceive to be what a lawyer should look like. Mm-hmm. And our whole thing is the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, I my thing is designed around most of our clients are going to be younger. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I want them to feel comfortable walking into our office mm-hmm. with you know, the worst thing in their life, keeping yeah. their bu- losing their business, helping them get back on their feet after a car accident, etc. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I was able to do that before I had enough money to mm. not be concerned about it. So mm-hmm. how do you how do you help that person get over that hump? I mean, it's for me, it's really looking at all the resources and how you grow your business and what your goals are. So it's it's being really um, focused on what is the goals and how do we go about it. So sometimes it's, you know, I have freelancers on the back end and they might be working on one side of their business that's the money generator. And then this is the thing that's, you know, the bigger term plan on the other side that they're doing the more outward push for. So it just kind of depends. Like I said, I have entrepreneurs who are a little bit of stuff in everywhere, yeah. which is a little bit different than I don't work with the, the lawyers and the accountants and the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the, and the, and the straight tie people, the, uh, they scare me a little bit. Yeah, so. But that's the normal. You yeah. Know, we, had, um, we do a Cinco de Mayo party every mm-hmm. year. And so uh, the lady who runs the company that cleans our house, who's mm-hmm. in a chamber of commerce with mm-hmm. us, her husband was like, I don't want to go. You know, it's six <laughs> o'clock. There's going to be a bunch of lawyers. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, you have to go. I promise you. Jordan will be wearing shorts. It'll be totally fine. Mm-hmm. And, of course, mm-hmm. you know, he shows up and we're all wearing shorts and a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And, we're, you know, we're drinking out in front of the uh, building. And afterwards, he goes, mm-hmm. you know, thank you. Like, this mm-hmm. wasn't this wasn't what I expected in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just it it's so difficult for me to, to be able to convince somebody mm-hmm. to be them. Mm-hmm. And thank God I'm lucky enough to be able to be me. I yeah. mean, I guess that's the thing. Like, I don't know how you... I mean, I think that maybe the growth feels a little bit slower because you're not going through, like, a um, the traditional business lord formula, formula, right? But to me, if you're spending... Say you're spending 60 hours a week putting in all this time to building a business, and you're like, one day, once I reach that, like, certain number, I'll, like, I'll lay back, and then I, you know, I'll, I'll take a rest a little bit more. But 
if it took you, if it takes you 60 hours a week to make the income that you make, like where, when, when are you going to come out of that? Right. You know, when are you going to come out of 60 hours a week? Cause you might not. So part of it too, for me is well, with lawyers, I'm sure you already know where your rates are, but like I usually have people coming to me that aren't charging enough for the skill sets that they're already. I, lawyers do the same yeah, thing. Yeah. That, that they already are. So it's, it's, so to me, it's like, why are you working, you know, twice as hard for these two customers where, um, if you worked half, like if you upped your rate and that's part of branding, right? If you market yourself as this certain type of person towards a certain type of clientele, you come as a luxury product or you come as an upper scale product, you know, and that goes into what does your website look like and how does everything fit together? Does everything look cohesive? Um, but yeah, I think it's a confidence level. I think it's a part of like put, putting all the pieces together. It's, I don't like to tell people that there's overnight success because there's not. It takes time to build a business. And, you know, I don't know if I have the answer to that. It's just if you have an income goal, it's filling the filling your wealth customers and then upping your rates as soon as you can. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the simplest way, right? Like, what do you need to make? Okay, well, let's get as many customers in as you can at those rates and then start upping it and getting rid of your worst customers. Well, and sorting and, through it that way. You know, if you can make the same amount of money working 30 hours a week, mm-hmm. I, you have to be more mentally mm-hmm. engaged for those 30 hours than being burned out at the 60 or whatever. 100%. And also, like, when you're taking on client work, too, when you're a, cli- when you're a service-based provider and you're working for yourself, you really should only be taking on, like, 20 hours of client work because you are the business owner and the marketer and the accountant and all of these other things. Unless you're, unless you're able to... Um, generate that income enough and start outsourcing, which also is the other thing. Start outsourcing as soon as you can. It's either fill it up and start upping your rate or outsource as soon as possible. Those are the ways. And I mean, that's the same. Lawyers have that problem all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're on a lot of different Facebook groups that are lawyer centric and they're always like, oh, it's it's me doing everything. Mm-hmm. How do I get to the next step? And it's always like, well, you can't do everything. But it's a confidence issue for yeah. sure. It totally is. I think that it's so funny that you say that because I think it's a confidence issue. I'm thinking that you don't People are coming to you and expecting a certain thing, like you said, exactly, and not realizing that they're also being drawn to you based on an intangible quality of who you are, too. So it's not just, oh, well, I need a lawyer, and okay, you're the f- closest, lo- I mean, maybe it is, so, but uh, yeah, it, could it could be, be, but that's more of a luck thing than it is, like, you know, you want it. You want a network of people who are like, you need to go to Jordan because Jordan is the one that is going to be fun. He's going to be upbeat, you know, even if it's a bad situation, trust me, you know, like those are the types of referrals that you want to have in because they know who you are as opposed to, yeah, there's this lawyer, you know, here you go. Because that's when you get, that's when you as the, the owner doesn't, don't get the clients that you want. Because you're not getting you're not getting the referee yeah. really knowing you as the referral. Yeah, because the people in your social media aren't just like some of them might not ever be your clients because for whatever reason, right? They well, don't need f- your service. Fingers crossed. Yeah, no, for you specifically, right? Fingers crossed they don't need guess, your service. Unless you want to start a brand new business yes. and make a bunch of money. Yes, Other yes, than that, yeah. you don't really do anything that's happy. But they when they need you, they need you. So then they're asking their friends, who do they know? Well, you want the cheerleaders who follow your feeds and get to know you to be like, oh, I know the perfect person, right? Um, If it makes, 
have you seen that movie, that, that Beatles movie yesterday where they like forget I the Beatles? Yeah, okay. but I know, I know the concept. Okay, but okay, so they don't just forget the Beatles in the movie. They forget like other very big things. It's like little gags in the movie. So one of the things they they that does not ever exist is Coke. Oh wow! Like, the, like the they bring in Pepsi and he's like, "Can I have a Coke?" And she's like, "What's that?" And then he googles it. That doesn't exist. My wife would be the least happy camper hearing that. I think a lot of people life. would, right? But we all know Coke. They advertise all the time. If they stopped advertising tomorrow, we would know it. Your wife would be like, "I want a Coke," and if right. that restaurant doesn't have a Coke, then we're gonna go to this restaurant instead. Like that is how you build loyalty in a brand, and it's like showing up to them and being in front of them and talking about who you are and why they should love you. Well, but Coke yeah. got to reinvent Christmas for us. Yeah, well, <laughs> Coke has done With a lot of things, Santa and it's Claus been and red and it's been around before all of us were alive. So yeah. you know, they have a, an advantage <laughs> from someone that's new. But yeah, those people who are your cheerleaders. They're the ones sending people your way too. So as that company grows, you know, as mm-hmm. they develop their message, as they develop their image, as they put all these things together, what are some of the tips that you have or what are some of the biggest issues you see to get to that, you know, success date if, if there mm-hmm. is a success date? So it's um, it, it's learning ways to work smarter, not harder. So it's... You're totally speaking my language. Yes, so it's... Like I said, if you have income goals, how do we look at what the income goals are and breaking them down so you're charging the right amount of money? Really thinking through about how many hours are you putting into a project and things like that. Like, let's get down to the, the very little um, nitty gritty at the beginning. Um, but also, oh my gosh, I had a whole nother point and I lost my train of thought. What was the question again? You know, I don't know. <laughs> We were talking about, you know, issues people make or the big tips to get oh, yeah. from, you mm-hmm. know, having your herd together to getting them. Yeah. Them, yeah. Yeah. So there was that. And then it's also um, on the on the digital media side is creating content that you can make once and then repeat in other places. What do you mean? So, for example, I make a podcast. I also make a blog post that goes with it. So do you. I saw, you know, you do a transcript of the podcast. Yeah. I take quotes from that and then make Instagram images from it and Facebook captions. So now I'm not creating, you know, new content for every platform. You're just repurposing the content. I'm repurposing content. So then you're not having to create this like new things everywhere. Um, Share evergreen material, write evergreen material. Think about questions that, um, for those people who are <laughs> dumb, but also for me, because I don't know what evergreen, is evergreen material. Evergreen material is stuff that you can share over and over and over again, and it's not going to get old. Okay. So if um, if you are like the, you know, it could be the top five things you should know if you get arrested for okay. you or something. That could be fairly evergreen material. You might have to go in and tweak it a little bit if the laws change because you're a lawyer. Um, but those are things that could be very evergreen that you could share over and over again in your feeds and then you're not creating new content every time. Um, so in that evergreen material can also be the questions that you get asked the most in your business. In fact, do that first. Write posts on questions that you get asked the most in your business because you know why? You can share it with every single person who then asks you that question. And then you don't have to type out a new response. That saves you time. 
Because if you're typing out a, like a long email every time explaining a process, for every one person you're doing that to, there's probably dozens of people that never ask you. Oh, of course. Well, and you know, and, and then it builds your authority on your website. And Google algorithms keep you know pushing farther and then, towards yes. answering real human questions. Yeah, and so. then Google loves you. So start actually answering human questions and then driving people towards it, because. The other thing you can do is that helps them if you start them building your, um, I know we're getting into another area, but funnels to sales funnels, it starts pushing them into the funnel system. From having the authority, from having the question answered? So if you answer the question on a blog post and then someone emails you or sends you a Facebook message and like, hey, I have this question. You're like, great question. I already answered this into my blog post. Okay. You send them the blog post link. You don't have to re-type everything out. And then you already have a sales funnel that you're creating. So if it's one that you're answering all the time, you have calls to action in the blog post to get them to go to your services or fill out a contact form to contact you to do all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So you also are hopefully doing doing further lead capturing or building your authority with them through that way, keeping them in your sphere a little bit. All right, so let's pivot a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about the... Not necessarily success stories, but mm-hmm. the keys to success. Yeah. What are some of the most common problems, issues, mistakes that you see people making down this process? You know, I think it, the biggest thing that I see people have is not being confident in themselves, being afraid of all of the things could go wrong and not putting themselves out there sooner. Just waiting six months, a year, like really, like waiting a long time before they're putting themselves out there in any type of way because they're afraid that if they make a mistake, it's going to sound like no one's going to trust me. Right, or having that one, you know, using a semicolon instead of a yeah. comma. Or, yeah, I mean. Can you can you cuss on the show? I don't want to, okay. I don't know, I don't, Mark, are we, can we cuss on this? I don't, okay. Oh, Mark's giving us a very, a very emphatic nod, so. Mark is explicit. These. So I buy, I buy, I buy one of the first um, promotions I did is I gave away a free tea shit in an Instagram post, and it was like nice. the graphic. And intentionally a t shirt? No, or not no? intentionally. Okay. It was supposed to be a t shirt. I don't know what a t shirt is, but like I was giving it away, and it got a lot of engagement. And I didn't know until like later in the day. When a friend, two or three people finally like texted me, it was like, Diana, like this happened. But by that point, it was so, like, it was already out there. And there was a lot of engagement and I had a contest running. So I just kind of let it go. So did you just I, turn into the skin and you sent people? I literally use this as an example. I'm probably the one that talks about the most. No one else even, like, it didn't even hit the radar that I had, like, done a mistake, uh. right? But it's, like, one of those things that, like, internally, like, someone, it could, like, totally ruin someone's day, right? It, pro- I, it probably did ruin my day um, at first. But, like, it's also, like, it doesn't matter because right. it, it, people are going to follow you. They're going to, those cheerleaders, they're going to help you and go, hey, this little, you know, you need to fix this because it's, like, messed up or whatever, you know? Like, those are, like, just make mistakes. It's okay. Your audience is going to follow along with you as you're making those mistakes out in the digital public space. (laughs) And, you know, with the internet, you might find a million people that actually want a t-shirt. Yeah, maybe. So if anyone wants a t-shirt, just, like, let me know what that is, and then maybe I can find it for you. It's a very specific subreddit (laughs) thread. Very specific. It really is. <laughs> well, you know, like George Carlin said, I guess there are seven words you can't say on TV, but there are none you can't say on the podcast. Yeah, no, 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 no. I cuss on mine, too. And sometimes I like to throw a cuss word in just so people know that, like, you're not going to get, like, completely non-cussing from me. <laughs> gotcha. 
So, you know, what else? You know, we keep we keep coming back to the concept of that imposter syndrome. Yeah. And, you know, you don't feel worthy of it. And I always tell people, like, look, I can walk outside and get hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. And they always think that I mean it in such a negative way. Mm-hmm. But really mean it in a positive way. Like, why not take advantage of every opportunity, potential opportunity that you can? I agree. Because who knows? You yeah. Know, the- I agree. And it's about creating your own opportunity. I think that people, too, um, when they're when they're in the beginning of business and they don't really know what to do, especially now because we're in this, like, digital place and they're going, oh, there's all these ways to grow a business and how do I do it? Um, they they forget that like it's also people are just wanting to do business with people more so than ever. And so they get so much into their head about the the computer screen <laughs> that they forget that this is really just about like, how do I talk to people? How do I talk to that person? And, and helping them find the confidence that they need. And the great thing about the internet is that we have such a low barrier to entry. Before, if you wanted to start a business, you would have to buy classified ads at the very low end and like billboards and TV ads, you know, at the high end, like you can go on Instagram for free and just start you know, a platform and for a few hundred dollars, get a website and put all that stuff up and you can start advertising yourself in a way that you couldn't before. Um, well, from the comfort of your home, you could go out and network and shake hands and things like that. And it's interesting to me how there are so many more platforms or companies that are mm-hmm. desperate for content created by the users mm-hmm. that they want you to post stuff just as much as you want. I mean, Facebook yeah. wants you to post videos and mm-hmm. multiple things so they have stuff to share to people yeah. just as much as you want it to be shared to people. Totally. I totally agree with that. Um, but I would also encourage you to think about like your website as your home base and then like pushing things out from your home base. Uh, going back to my example of losing everything from a blog is like if Facebook or Instagram shut down tomorrow, you're going to lose all that content too. So you don't want to create stuff that's only for those platforms. That's why like when I was saying create once and then push the other places, think of what's putting on your website as the main content creator and then pushing out to the social channels afterwards. So I would really, you know, I really encourage people to work on their website first as the first form of digital content website set up an email list that you can start pushing out and then build in your social media from there well then you're also getting better backlinks you're getting better traffic to your website 100 percent. yes because when people are using social media like they are just scrolling through and you're hoping that like what you have to say to them is going to hit them at the right moment and they're going to make a buying decision right that's how a lot of people think about social media like i'm going to say i have a special today and a ton of people are going to sign up that's not how it works it's more about branding. I'm talking, this is who I am, you're getting to know me, so I'm in your head. When people are ready to make buying decisions, they're Googling something. They're, oh, yeah. They're Googling something. So if you don't have a website, you don't have all that platform, they're not going onto your Instagram or your Facebook looking for you. They're Googling, I need a lawyer for, you know, right. this whatever this term is. Now, you could have created all this content for your website and your social media streams that talk about both of those things. So you're getting the hit on Google um, when it comes in. But yeah, like create it for your website first. Even if you're not 100% sure how SEO works or anything like that, create it on your website because you own it. It's like creating a storefront. You want someone to walk into your store and it looks beautiful and nice and makes them want to buy from you. And also, I mean, who doesn't who doesn't check somebody on Google before they buy anything from anybody for 100%. reviews, complaints, whatever? Yeah, and if you went onto someone's website and you see they haven't posted in a year, would you want to do business with them? 
I mean, certainly not if they're trying to sell me, they're going to post on my website. No, no. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely that. If they look like they haven't been active in a year and they're like, we're a marketing company. Yeah, you would you would never want to do business with them. And, you know, the funniest thing is, is marketers will do that all the time because they're busy marketing other people's right. stuff. <laughs> but yeah. perception is reality. No. So I wanted JordanLaw.com and said we're uh-huh. JordanLawFL.com. Uh-huh. JordanLaw.com is some lawyer in like North Carolina uh-huh. that has like the 1994 Alta Vista looking oh, page. No. And I was like, no, like you, you've taken my digital space that I wanted. Oh. You're doing nothing with it. So. Oh, that's. I hate when that happens. I've seen that happen a bunch of times with yeah. people, and you're just like, why? That's just valuable real estate. <laughs> well, we got a 17 month old, and he already has an email address, so that way, you know, we locked in as best as we could. So. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, those those types of things are are crazy because there is there's so much digital. You're you're really just sorting through tons of digital noise, but you're really just trying to hone into those right people. So how? So then let's go on to you know the next step here. Mm-hmm. How does a business know when they're successful? I think that it really depends on what are your own success indicators. So I really work with with the entrepreneurs I work with. I go, what is it? They're really thinking about what do the, what kind of lifestyle do they want and how does the business facilitate it? And so like you can think about your goals a little bit differently. You can think about even your income goals a little bit differently. Because I think that a lot of times people go, okay, if I make this amount of money, then that's a success. Um, but like I said, if you're working 60 hours and you're making that much money, is it a success if that's not what you want? Or is it, I want to be working only 20 hours a week and I want to be living like this and this, and uh, I want to take my kids home from school every day. And, you know, I want this certain type of lifestyle. I think that success can mean very different things to different people. And so it dep- it's it's really sitting down and being clear about who you are um, and what you want. Because I think being a business owner, you constantly have to do that anyway. So as an entrepreneur, right? Like you have to be clear on what you want and what is what is your business doing for you. So your position would be, you know, set the goal as soon as possible. And then obviously you can edit it, amend it, change totally, it. Totally, totally. Because, uh, uh, yeah, you're just, it's constantly checking in with yourself and going, does this align with myself? Because the worst thing is is, run, is owning a business and running it and feeling like it's running you. I mean, I don't think anyone that's a business owner wants to be in that place or an entrepreneur wants to be in that place where they're feeling like, I can't even get out of this because I'm so busy that I, I started my business so I wouldn't feel like I was like, chained to an office or right. did this or whatever and then they're and then they're like in the same place that they you know they wanted to be out of. <laughs> somewhere out there though there's that like 50 something year old person that just lives to work that oh, is yeah. so happy to have totally. this job that takes up their entire life totally but. and if that's who you are that's totally fine but i i see a lot of people that look at like these very i think straightforward business practices and i'm really trying to push my um, clients to think about business a little bit differently. Like the rules of the business world are changing. Lawyers are showing up to work in shorts and yeah. <laughs> polo shirts. You know, like we can do business differently and we can be successful, but we also can define what that success looks like for us. And it's to facilitate a life, a family that we want. And so what does that look like for you? And being clear on it and yeah, and tweaking it over time. You know, sometimes you might be in a place where you want to really be head down and you're working and you're putting in a lot of hours, but there might 
be a time where you don't want to do that and what does that look like for you so yeah i think success is different for each person i just love how you know we keep coming back to the same thing you know it's (laughs) be your authentic self believe in yourself Mm -hmm. decide what you want make your business fit you Mm -hmm. you know i just i wish that more people took that to heart because i think you'd see a lot you'd see people be a lot happier i just i don't like i just don't get the idea of like why do you want a business create why do you want to create a business that five years from now you hate and if you hate it then like why are you doing it yeah (laughs) i mean yeah maybe you will hate it in five years then you have to you know pivot then but hopefully you you're checking in with yourself enough that you don't get to that place that you're able to tweak and pivot and 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 change things up to align with how you want to live your life and how you see your life well i had a uh, there's an article i sent around in our office last Mm -hmm. week or two weeks ago i talked about like the five tips to happiness Uh and so it was like you know always make sure you have a vacation plan Mm -hmm. um rent instead of buying a house if you Mm -hmm. want to be happy you Mm -hmm. won't be as financially secure but you'll be happier and then one of them is don't be a lawyer (laughs) of their five tips don't be a lawyer was one of them and and, you know and at first i was like you know this is really that really bothers me but Uh the more i think about it you know it's we are a profession that's built on adversity Mm -hmm. with a concept where 80 percent of lawyers think they have to be the suit and tie working a million hours a week as a badge of honor mm-hmm. grinding away at all this stuff mm-hmm. and there's so many other professions that are that have are decades ahead of us in mm-hmm. no you need to be happy yeah like we're slowly trying to catch on to that and yeah. it's going slowly but. I, you are you are in like one of the kind of oldest school type of professions which i feel are like the hardest ones right. to change right. it's like, but i'm so glad that you're here in this space like being like you know we can do things differently because i agree on like all different levels because if you do things a little bit differently in your business and you're not going by like the same mold you are also thinking differently you're th- you're you're you can be more nimble you can you can try new things out that wouldn't you know if you go lawyers don't ever do this type of thing if you can do that yeah you know then why not you know because you have you have the personality you you you're you're more on the forefront of like pushing the boundaries so yeah i i agree i'm like let's just do business a little bit differently so (laughs) to anybody you know any business owner potential business owner listen to this i mean we keep we keep going back to the same thing you know be you be mm-hmm. who you want to be mm-hmm. design your situation around who you want to be make with your lifestyle so i know let's um you know we're getting to about the hour mark yeah. so let's uh, you know i want to wrap up on kind of okay. on, on the summation of that point okay you know you talk you know you talked a lot about how you're getting the idea to fit that person mm-hmm. so kind of walk me through let's say i am that business owner uh-huh. at the three to five year mark and mm-hmm. i realize i hate my business uh-huh. you know what can i do to put myself back into it and to fix it so i would really sit down and go if you're at the three to five year mark you've probably kind of established um maybe an overall kind of brand voice and maybe a couple of um products that you um like and you know what you're good at which is a lot better than the person at year zero to three, where you're kind of like, I don't even know maybe what I'm good at yet, or I have some ideas, but um, by year three to five, you have had enough customers. You're like, okay, I'm really good at this. I have processes, you know, these types of things. Um, And so I would really sit down and go and, and evaluate how much time are you working? Are there things that you can come out of that it doesn't have to be you? Um, whether it's you're automating things or you're outsourcing things. Um, are there products that make you a lot of money that you can do easily, that the clients come in easily versus low selling products? Get rid of the low selling products. Keep the only high selling ones. 
my advice is always to how can you create time for yourself first? Like, how do you how can you create time for yourself as a entrepreneur? Because once you have the time, you can start thinking about what's the next space. But you don't want to create the time at the expense of the money you're already generating. So how can you come out of it in a way that you can continue be making money and, and the daily operations are continuing, but you can come out in a way that you can start thinking through what the next step in your business is. And whether that is to pivot or maybe you have created a really good little money generator, right? Like maybe you, you, you hit on a product, you created a system, it works really well, it generates money. And maybe all you have to do is maybe a few hours of work or 10 hours of work a week in that realm and you can, have, and you can train other people to do it. And then you can go off and start working on another project. And you can take that project and maybe some of the branding that you've already done and figure out how that works under, under your brand and pull it back in later. So it's interesting you mentioned that because, you know, I think I, I guess I lucked out into a lot of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I sat there at the point when, you know, because I'll be honest, mm -hmm. I had the point where I was like, I hate this, yeah. I hate doing this, yeah. whatever. And I looked at what I really enjoy doing, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I like meeting people, yeah. I like going to lunch, I like going to networking events, mm -hmm. I like playing golf with people. And so for me, I was like, all right, I'm going to give up X, but mm -hmm. like, I'm going to give up doing the billing every two weeks, but I have to go to lunch one more time a week. Yeah. And so by doing that, I increased <laughs> yes. what I liked and I was like, all right, well, I'm generating X mm -hmm. going to lunch twice a week. So if I go to lunch three times a week, hopefully I can generate, you know, X plus. 100%. Like if you are, if, if you are the face person and if you close a sale that makes more money doing two more of those a week versus writing a blog post that right. might not be where your time and effort is spent so go and yeah schedule more meetings i kind of was the same way as you i was like i want to be in front of people that's where my skill set is talking to people how do i get out and so that meant then yeah i don't want to be doing the the data entry type of work or right. whatever I don't, scheduling I don't be posts behind the computer i want to yeah yeah i want to be out and in, 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 in front of people and that's my value to the company where i bring the most value to the company this other stuff is not where my value is but it has to get done too so that's places where i'm automating or i'm going to start outsourcing All and right. then that way then i can concentrate more on the things that i want to do and so i totally agree which by the way one of them is starting in-person networking uh, group for women, professional oh, women. Oh, there you go. So our first one, I don't know when your podcast is coming, this one is coming out, but... Um, uh, prop, so it's, we're recording this on August 26th, but my guess is we're going to be September? dropping probably mid-September. Yeah, so my, my uh, the first um, meetup is September 24th. The next one will be in October sometimes, but you can check out the website and all my social media channels if you're listening to the podcast. Um, and we're going to be talking about realigning your goals for the last quarter of the year. All right, so yeah. then September 24th. September 24th at South Street Marketing, which is over on Summerlin. All right, so Mark is going to drop this the <laughs> Thursday before September 24th. Oh, you're so great, Mark. There we go. <laughs> just since I just threw a plug in there. <laughs> yeah, and, and South Street Marketing, which actually I know uh, Maddie... Uh-huh. Uh, Eccleson? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was this over there. b and way back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. she's really sweet. Yeah, they do a lot of that uh, mm -hmm. more one-on-one -on -one involved marketing stuff which i think is really interesting yeah it's, if you want to look at a marketing company that has a, like a really beautiful little brand is yeah caitlin and the team over there they're great so mm -hmm. all right so uh before we finish this up the way let me do the uh, let me do the pitch we're still a relatively new podcast i think this is going to be episode about 16 or 17 um we're on you know itunes we're on stitcher we're on everywhere so if you've been listening 
and you like it, you know, we'd really like a, a nice, honest review. Um, you don't have to judge it on me. You can judge it on the great guests, so that way we can get five stars, hopefully. Uh, but again, a good, honest review would be great. So, now that that being said, let's go to the end The end of all ends. Okay. If somebody's listened to this podcast for about the last hour and takes nothing away from this except one piece of advice, mm-hmm. what is the one piece of advice you want as many of our listeners to, to take away from this as possible? You are more influential to, to than you think you are already. Ooh, I like it. You are more influential than you think you are. You just have to pay attention. You have to, you, you need to, to be paying attention to the people who are listening to you already. Pay attention to the people who are listening to you. Yeah, those people that are already your cheerleaders, are already in your corner, and, and and they might not be your family, and they might not be your friends. <laughs> they probably aren't actually, uh, especially they, when it comes to business. Stuff. They definitely might like you more than your family. And friends. <laughs> they they definitely might like you more than your family and friends. But yeah, listen, listen to those things that you're already kind of an authority on, and people are coming to you for advice for, because that might be where your that business idea is for you there we go and again you know mm-hmm. we ended the way we kept it just it's about you mm-hmm. what you're already good at who's mm-hmm. already following you who mm-hmm. already likes you what yeah. you already enjoy mm-hmm. i like it you know this is good. a good hopefully a good mental health hour for everybody good to... yeah i'm all big about mental health <laughs> so yeah if this this just makes you feel a little bit better about your business today like you could just take a deep breath and like <laughs> and September 24th at uh, September South Street. September 24th, come, come join us at South Street and let's like talk about goals. This what time? 6 to 8. 6 to 8 p.m. Yeah, 6 All to 8 right. p.m. And hopefully you walk away with your last quarter of the year ready to really hit it hard and, and finish 2019 strong. All right. Thanks again for being here. Thanks. You've been listening to Let's Get Up to Business from Jordan Law. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast and would consider sharing the show. We would also love an honest five-star review through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcatcher you use. If you are interested in being a guest of the podcast, please contact producer Mark through email at mark at jordanlawfl.com. Use the subject line podcast guest in your email. Thank you. We look forward to speaking to you again soon.